ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive. Elmore deep, left side three, and good! From 30 feet, John Elmore! The Drive with Paul Swan. We're coming to you today from the Union Pub and Grill. It's 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington. Always on a Monday, the specials are $1.50 bottles, $2 call shots, and of course, this is where you want to hang out. The big sporting events, it's kind of slow this week because we just lost the Stanley Cup. It's over. NBA Finals were a sweep. We had baseball action, of course, and you can catch all of that and everything else possible here at the Union Pub and Grill. So welcome into the Monday edition. Thanks for joining us. So we didn't have a Friday show, so trying to play a little bit of catch up. And, of course, didn't get a chance to talk about game four of the NBA Finals. And, unfortunately, for the Cavaliers, LeBron James included, they lose that, get swept. Just wasn't Cleveland Cavaliers' year, even though I thought it was an amazing performance, postseason performance especially, from LeBron James just being able to will that team to the finals. Unfortunately, you're facing off against an all-star team. And you've got Kevin Durant, you've got Steph Curry, the list goes on and on. And, by the way, Kevin Durant, outstanding performance in the playoffs. He's the MVP. That's his second MVP. What would you rather be, the regular season player of the year or the MVP? You really take the home, the MVP, and, of course, you take home the trophy and everything seems to be working out for him. Now the fun part is figuring out where LeBron's going to go. There might be some speculation. Maybe he's going to Houston. Maybe he's going to L.A. So that's going to be the fun. That's going to be what keeps us interested in basketball over the next couple of weeks up until the point where he actually declares, okay, I'm not coming back for Cleveland. I think it's smart on his part go out there, look at some of the offers, see what can be put together. Because at this point, how many championships can he win at Cleveland? He went back. He had a mission. He was able to get it done. He won a championship for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So what more can he do? Can he stick it out? Can they put the right personnel around him to maybe make a run? Or do you take your talents and try your luck out west? Maybe put together something that could be pretty beneficial for you in the short term and maybe in the long run as well as you get a franchise with some cap space, getting some talent put together and make a run towards either Houston or Golden State because that's amazing. Just the fact that the Cavs and the Golden State Warriors were able to get back four times in a row. But I think those times are coming to an end for the Cleveland Cavaliers. We'll see it, of course. It could be fun to see LeBron out west. It's going to be a lifestyle thing for him, I think, at this point. Where is he going to have the most fun? Where is he going to be able to put together a team or at least be part of a team that's going to make a serious run the next few years for a few more NBA championships? I don't want to say he's running out of time, but he's got three. He's lost more than he's won. And at this point, What's he playing for? Because we still regard him as one of the greatest of all times. If you're using the trophy argument as the deciding factor, well, Jordan wins. But can you look at LeBron's career statistically and say he's not in that conversation? So I don't know what he's playing for just yet. He'll figure it out. But it was a fun weekend, of course. Uh, didn't have hockey. That was the only bad thing for me. Didn't have hockey. The Stanley Cup ended a little too soon. I would love to have seen that go to Game 7. I would like to have seen this NBA Final go to 7 as well. But now that that's over, we turn our attention to baseball and a few other things. And we will get your phone calls in later on at 877-420-TALK, 877 877- 
420-8255. few things I'm going to talk to you about today. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the bowl situation because uh, According to some reporting coming out from Brett McMurphy, more bowls are on the way. So we're going to get into that and break down what could be the bowl season of the next few years. And there's an interesting story today I was reading about UAB. They're trying to get their self to a point where they've got an off-campus football stadium. They're trying to build themselves a football program. And this is such a familiar situation. You've got... Alabama, and more than that, their fans, really. It's more the fan bases. It's as if the Alabama fan bases and Alabama looks at UAB as, what are you doing, as a threat. UAB is no threat to Alabama. So the hardships that UAB has to go through just to get things put together, it's just amazing. I don't think any other school or university should have that much influence on what happens at another school. Plain and simple. If UAB wants to put together a off-campus facility, they want to put together a basketball program that is tops in the state, go at it, and all you have to do is just recruit better, right? Your fans take care of your program. Let the UAB fans take care of their program. So we'll get into that as well. And, of course, I'm going to have to talk about it because it was all over social media. Sunday, if you were on social media and you have a majority of friends in the state of West Virginia, you found out that the new Fallout game, which is coming out this year, is set in West Virginia, which blew my social media feed up. Just keeping an eye on that earlier in the afternoon, you you find out that the game is in fact going to be set in West Virginia. People were already looking at the footage that came out and you saw screenshots. Oh, hey, there's there's the Greenbrier. Hey, there's the Capitol. Where's that at? Oh, hey, look, there's the New River Gorge. There's the Greenbrier. And you, you start looking for Easter eggs. Like, hey, what is going on here? This is real, right? There's a video game set in the state of West Virginia. And then later on in the evening, there was more detail came out and they showed more footage. And of course, you see things like the Mothman and fans of the Mothman. Of course, there's a fan base for the Mothman in the state. People are losing their minds on Facebook. I'm good. I'm, I'm holding steady here. I'm like, yeah, this is great. And then a screenshot of Camden Park. <laughs> I start laughing, and my jaw drops at the same time that they've put Camden Park in a video game, so there's going to be so much scrutiny over this over the next few weeks and months. I'm pretty sure right now maybe uh, three-fourths of the state of West Virginia have probably pre-ordered this game. And if you have a um, a boyfriend or a girlfriend who's a gamer, you're going to lose them in uh, September, October, November. You're going to lose them. They're going to be so wrapped up into this thing. So I thought that was hilarious. And if you're a fan of this, uh, you are definitely going to be scouring this for more landmarks. I'm kind of curious what other landmarks are going to be in this. Are we going to see Joan C. Edwards Stadium? Will I have the opportunity to go and post-apocalyptic West Virginia and see a blown-out Joan C. Edwards Stadium or a Milan Puskar Stadium? Do I get to see that? Will I get to roam the wastelands there? I mean, will there be a dilapidated uh, Mountaineer Coliseum? Will there be a dilapidated Henderson Center here? What other little tidbits... Will there be a Tudor's Biscuit World in this game? I mean, if you're going to be an accurate representation of the state of West Virginia, you've got to have a Tudor's Biscuit World, right? If you don't, I think you need to send this game back to the drawing board. But 
that's going to be the fun here. So if you've been following that, and if you're on social media, you know about it. It's just been crazy. And the fun thing is, this is going to be great for tourism. I know that kind of sounds a little odd, but this is going to be great for tourism because it's just going to open up the state to more publicity than I think it's ever seen in a long time. We're talking about a game that sold millions day one, not just several copies, millions. It's one of the most bought games out there, and now they're making a sequel, and West Virginia is going to be the center of it. So I thought that was cool, but I'm going to be keeping an eye out for those sports nods just because, well, if they've got Camden Park in the game, they've got to have something else, and it's going to be fun to keep an eye on that. We'll talk bowl situation when we come back from break. Get your phone calls in, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. We're coming to you today from the Union Pub and Grill. Don't forget the Monday specials, $1.50 bottles, $2 call shots, best service in town. It's all right here at 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington. This is The Drive. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We're here at the Union Pub and Grill on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM. 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM 930. Welcoming you back to The Drive here at the Union Pub and Grill. It's 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington. The Monday specials, $1.50 bottles, $2 call shots. This is where you need to be. It's the Union Pub and Grill. Let's get you caught up on what's happening as far as the bowl situation is concerned. It looks like we're going to have more. Brett McMurphy's been following this story and here are the recommendations by the NCAA's competition committee. They're expecting three new games, and it's going to be added for the 2020 season. Now, in 2020, there will be a record of 43 bowl games, and that includes the college football playoff title game. That is going to be insane because that means 65% of the 130 FBS schools will play in a bowl game. That means 84 teams. 84 teams. Of those 84 teams, how many of them are going to have winning records? That's going to be the question itself. How many of these teams are going to be winning teams? The bowls are starting to mean nothing. If you have a bowl, you've gone to a bowl, okay, you've just finished pretty high or pretty medium in your in your conference. If you don't go to a bowl game, that's really the telling story now. Now, they're going to approve these hopefully uh, on Tuesday. If they're going to do it, we'll find out. The uh, The oversight committee has also designated the maximum number of bowl tie-ins per conference. This was based on each conference's average number of bowl-eligible teams in the past four seasons. So they based everything from 2014 to 17. The number of proposed bowls allowed per conference beginning in 2020, the start of the new bowl cycle, this is going to be the list. Now, the Power 5 tie-ins do not include one New Year's Six bid for each league. So the ACC will have 10, and that's not including the ACC's Orange Bowl bid. The SEC will have 10, not including the SEC's Sugar Bowl bid. The Pig 10 will have 8 and not including the Big Ten's Rose Bowl bid. The Pac-12 will have seven. That's not including Pac-12's Rose Bowl bid. And the Big 12 will have six, not including the Big 12's Sugar Bowl bid. So ACC, SEC, Big Ten, Pac-12, and 
Big 12, your big winners there, with the ACC and SEC obviously getting more teams in. The American will have seven. They like to call themselves the Power Six, but they're with everybody else. They're getting seven. Conference USA, seven. Mid-American, six. Mountain West, six. Sun Belt, five. Now, Army and BYU can each secure its own automatic bowl tie-in, but the remaining independents, which are New Mexico State, UMass, and Liberty, they've got to depend on an at-large spot from a conference that can't fill all of its allotments in a specific year. Now, Notre Dame does remain part of the ACC's bowl lineup. Membership has its privileges. Here's how the lineup looks. And again, this is based on Brett McMurphy's reporting. The three new bowls, Chicago and Myrtle Beach, are basically done. They're close to being done. If you're going to lock anything in, Chicago's going to have a bowl game. Myrtle Beach is going to have a bowl game. The Chicago Bowl, which will be played at Wrigley Field, will feature the Big Ten against the ACC. Now, to add the Chicago Bowl in 2020, the Big Ten is expected to end its affiliation with the San Francisco Bowl, which, if you remember, uh, it was formerly the Foster Farms Bowl, and they're going to do that after 2019. Now, Myrtle Beach, and of course ESPN's in this as well because they have most of the bowls. Myrtle Beach and ESPN officials, they're, they're talking right now. They've got discussions going on about starting this bowl game. The most likely conferences affiliated with a Myrtle Beach game could be Conference USA, the Sun Belt, or Mid-American. If the Sun Belt is involved, you're going to see the Sun Belt cut loose with either the Dollar General Bowl, the Camilla, the Cure, or the Arizona game. Those are games that are part of the Sun Belt lineup. Now, the third bowl is not locked in just yet. Arizona State's looking at adding a bowl in Tempe. And, of course, you've got other cities, communities, they're throwing their name in the hat. Again, it's all up in the air right now. Charleston, South Carolina, Greensville, North Carolina. These are areas that are looking maybe to be a part of this. Here's the deal. It must have a contract with two conferences and or BYU and Army. That's the deal. If you're trying to put together a bowl game, you've got to have the contract. I don't think that's going to be too much of a problem. Conferences are increasing their bowl tie-ins here now. SEC, Pac-12, Conference USA, Mid-American, and Mountain West are all going to be the winners here in this. That's the good news. I think there are too many bowl games to begin with, but the good news is Conference USA, now you've got another bowl tie-in here. You could add another bowl tie-in and right now, the more the merrier. You can look at Conference USA and say, look at, look at our bowl tie-ins here. You're playing in Conference USA. You get to go to all of these games if you are a winner. That's definitely a great recruiting tool. I don't know how much that ultimately means to a kid. But still, if you're Conference USA, you can say, look, we're just as many bowl games as Conference USA is with, say, a Mid-American Conference. We're, we're actually in more. We've got more bowl tie-ins than the MAC." Hey, we've got just as many bowl tie-ins as the American. We've got that many tie-ins. How about that? You want to go to a bowl game? You can go to a bowl game coming here. Uh, Mid-American Conference. Remember when the Mid-American Conference had one bowl tie-in? That was it. And Marshall used to occupy that spot every year and just aggravate all the other schools. Now, if you're in the Mid-American Conference, you get six opportunities to be a bowl. 
He has six shots at it. Now, I'm interested in this Myrtle Beach Bowl. Of course, you know if Myrtle Beach is a destination, you know which team is going to probably end up in that game. I'll give you a hint. They're Kelly Green and White. It's not North Texas. We're not talking North Texas here. It's a Florida Bowl. Yeah, that's that's happening for the herd. If if that's an option, if Marshall can pick a game, that's happening as well. I like this. Um, now here's another possibility: the Mountain West could pick up San Francisco since it's losing tie-ins with the Las Vegas Bowl. So there's an opportunity there. The Las Vegas Bowl will feature the Pac-12 versus another Power Five school in Vegas. New NFL stadium in 2020. New bowl opportunity there. So that'll end the bowl's 19-year run with the Mountain West at Sam Boyd Stadium. I think that's going to happen. Brett McMurphy reporting on that as well. I agree with him. You've got a new state-of-the-art stadium. Yeah, you're going to move right over there to the new venue. Of course you are. You want to get as much use out of that as possible. And you say, hey, look, here, here's something else we've added. It's one of those bullet point things, sort of like when Jerry Jones opened up the stadium for the Cowboys, bullet point. Hey, we've had this bullet point. We've got this bullet point. Hey, we got this bowl game too. This is happening here. Now, the Mountain West, they've got options to send its champion, probably looking like the Arizona Bowl, but there's some other possibilities as well. Um, New Arizona State Bowl, if created, and it could be there as well. The American is looking at the idea of having a bowl that annually hosts its conference champion when it's not in a New Year's Six game. The ACC does have limited options. They do not have a tie-in with Liberty. The league is intrigued about the possibility of sending its champion to Memphis. Liberty uh, is currently affiliated with the SEC and Big 12. And here's what Brett McMurphy said. He said, what makes sense, so it will never happen. What if the group of five designated that the four group of five conference champions that didn't advance the New Year's Six Bowl meet annually in two bowls each year? They could be paired based on highest rankings, one versus two, three versus four, or one, four, two, three, or geographically. That could involve current bowls that host the group of five games. He's thinking New Orleans, Gasparilla, which is Tampa, Mobile, Frisco, Arizona. I mean, if you're going to make these games attractive, make them attractive, right? What makes the Bulls a bore and just terrible to watch sometimes is you've got mediocre teams. You've got teams that are barely there or they've had to get a provision because they've taken all the six-win teams. Now we can dip down into the five-win teams. I think this is a terrible business, but it's a programming issue. It's a television issue. It's a money issue. That's what it is. It's terrible to see so many bowl games. The bowls don't mean anything anymore. What were you more excited about? And be honest with me. Were you more excited about a Marshall football bowl win, or were you more excited about Marshall and the NCAA tournament? If you say football, my phone number is 304-399-8255. That's a local number. The toll-free number is 877-420-8255. If you think that it's more prestigious, more important to win the bowl game over the NCAA tournament game, 
which one gets you more? If you had to choose one, if you had to pick one, what would you take? You could either go to the NCAA tournament and basketball, or you get to go to a bowl game. Which one means more to you? And does it matter that the bowls are at the point now where the matchup's maybe not that good? You're not going to get paired up against someone who is a high-quality opponent unless you are pretty lucky because you're going to see the pecking order. High teams are going to go here. The upper echelon teams are going to go here. And then you've got tie-ins with some of the other schools, and maybe you're not the number one. You're not going to see Conference USA 1 versus American 2 or American 1 versus Conference USA 1 or MAC 1 versus Conference USA 1. That doesn't happen very often. Yes, it happened, but it's not an every-year thing. It's not the norm. It's the exception sometimes. And now that you've got this many bowl games on the horizon, 65% of 130 FBS schools, which are 84 teams, are going to play in a bowl game. 84 teams. Are there 84 good ball teams? Are there 84 teams that can lay claim to having a winning season? And the answer is no. The bowls used to be a reward. Now the bowls are a bullet point. We went to a bowl. It's a recruiting point for sure. It's purely a bullet point you have to have now, or your season was a failure. If you are a five-win team and you get to go to a bowl game, you the season salvaged because you get to go to a bowl game. And coaches will look at this as an opportunity. Hey, here's more, here's more opportunity for these teams to work, to get better. Okay, that's fair. I see that. That's really just you saying, I want more time with my team on the field. Because if I have a bad year, I still have an opportunity to go to a bowl game. And that means I get to do everything. And I really don't lose that much ground. Because eight wins or six wins, it's all the same, right? As far as the bowls are concerned. Because not that many bowls in that big bunch below, not much distinction. There's not a tier A, tier B, tier C, tier D, tier E. You know, there's not that, okay, you're a five-win team, so you're going here. It's basically what deals has your league made? What deals have you as a conference been able to secure to take care of your teams? And honestly, the conferences are doing the right thing. If you're a conference commissioner right now, and if you are sitting here looking at bowl tie-ins and you're the Sun Belt, you've got five, you've got work to do. You have five tie-ins, Sunbelt. You've got work to do. If you're Conference USA, you're looking pretty good right now. Like We got seven. Because Conference USA actually has been pretty successful, been pretty fortunate to be competitive in bowl games, and they've been able to qualify some teams and get them in. So if you're Conference USA, you're Judy McLeod, you're sitting there going, yeah, I, I'm doing my job. I got seven opportunities for my conference. And if other conferences can't fill their obligations, I've got opportunity for more. Same with the Sun Belt. The Sun Belt's hope is that some of these other conferences can't fulfill their obligation, and so they get to sneak a team in here, here, and here. That's the goal here, but it all comes back to this is a situation where if you're recruiting, you can say, hey, we went to this bowl. We won this bowl. We have this record in bowl games. 
you can say that. Add that to your bullet point list. And instead of the bowls really meaning something, and, and that's where I'm coming from, I'm coming from the standpoint that I just don't think these bowls mean that much. Other than if you're not in one, then there's trouble to be had because that means your season is that bad because you are not among the 65%. You're not among the 65% of schools that were able to land one of these. In other words, there are 130 FBS schools, and you take away 84 of them. These are the bowl eligibles. You're in 46. You got 46. There are 46 schools that are not in the bowl. And if you're among the 46, you have had a terrible season. And if you're in that grouping a lot more, you're not going to be seeing your coach much longer. If you can get out of that 46 and you get into now this new number of 84, you're all right. You're 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 okay. You want to get higher up the list, but if you're in that 84, all you have to do, you're shooting for 84 now. Hey, if we're one of the 84 that can get into a bowl game, all right, we've got something here. We can work with this. We could possibly win this thing. We get to go on a trip. It's a reward. And I get that completely. And you're telling me, all right, why would you deny a team with five wins over a uh, for a bowl trip? You get six win teams. You're littered with six win teams. They qualify. So what's the difference between six and five? Well, I would answer you. I think there are too many bowls already. And so not necessarily I'm on board with, hey, you got six wins. You get rewarded. You were... 500. You didn't have a winning season, you have a losing season. So, again, not enamored with it. And if you tell me that, hey, I'd rather have the bowl than getting into the NCAA tournament where it means something. It meant something. You got into the NCAA tournament and it meant something. You got there. That was the goal destination and you won a game. And that meant even more. And now you're trying to maintain that and get back again because you liked it. You want to go back to that. It means more. And I understand the whole argument. You don't want to tell a kid, hey, look, you can't go to a bowl game, sorry, because we won only five games, so you can't go to a game. And you don't get to enjoy the the fun of going. It's a reward. Just stop with that language. It's not a reward. It's just an opportunity to get more practice in. It's an opportunity for the television market being ESPN, to have programming. It's programming, plain and simple. Ratings are good, ratings are bad, they bounce up and down, but it's programming. And really, if we're not talking about the national championship, the playoff there, we're not talking about the New Year's Bowls, um, you're, just a, you're just a Wednesday afternoon bowl game. Somebody to tune in. Now, it means something to those schools, it means something to those fans, but at the end of the day, we got too many bowls. That's my argument. We have too many bowls. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. We've got more on the way. It's The Drive here at the Union Pub and Grill on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now back to The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're at 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington for the Monday edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM. And AM 930, of course, here's the Union Pub and Grill. What are they famous for? Well, one is the $1.50 bottles on Monday. Two is the $2 call shots. And three, of course, best service in town. It's all right here at the Union Pub and Grill. Speaking of football teams that have kind of risen from mediocrity, one team that I'm, I'm really excited for is 
UAB. Now, UAB has been a program that has had to fight not only the lack of resources, but Alabama, not just in popularity. That's one thing, but just the fact that it seems that UAB having a, a football team is almost a front to the hardworking football fans that are Crimson Tide fans. Look, you're going to win the national championship every other year. It's okay. UAB can have a football team too. Well, good news. The University of Alabama System Board of Trustees approved a memorandum. They are putting together the terms of a future 20-year lease between the Birmingham Jefferson Civic Center Authority and UAB for use of a proposed stadium at the complex for home football games. Now, the board approved this uh, outline of a future lease and authorized a future memorandum for marketing opportunities during their meeting. And they're saying, basically, this is Ray Watts said. You remember, you, you remember him, UAB President Ray Watts. Love that guy. He said, this will be a transformative facility. Transformational facility is the exact word there. It's going to be open-air stadium. Fixed seating of 45,000. So UAB is going to have a stadium that is going to be pretty nice. It's going to have enough seating capacity to meet the demand. I think 40,000 is pretty good. 45,000 is really good, and that's what that's going to be. And they're also going to be able to expand the capacity to 55,000 as part of a $300 million master plan for the Convention Center Complex, which is in Birmingham, that also includes a legacy arena makeover. And they're also going to have an outside plaza renovation. So they're really making this one big transformative I'm sorry, let me use Ray Watts' word. Transformational facility here. That's pretty cool. They're going to work all this, working together with the city. I wish the city and the university could have worked together years ago on a f facility that both could have used, Arena, but unfortunately we've got two facilities, and I think we would have been better with one really good facility instead of two that they need work. Let's just say that. They need work. Nothing against the Henderson Center. Nothing against the uh, Big Sandy Superstore Arena. Imagine what a, a great arena you could have got if you got combined everybody. Everybody would have been on the same page. But I do digress. So you're, you're getting some cooperation here. You've got groups that are putting together a real strong effort here to cooperate to bring UAB a, a football facility that's going to replace Legion Field. I'm not going to say that the the football facility is going to transform the the community, but it's going to be a a facility fit of a football team. It's going to be they've had played had to play in Legion so long, they've had to deal with bad facilities so long that build them a palace. I'm on top of that here. Build them a palace. And usually I'm not into the whole idea of milking a community for every single dollar and dime it has to put a sports facility together that the community really doesn't have much of a stake in. I'm not into that. But if you can put this thing together, go for it. Because it seems like everybody's on board. It would be a fantastic place for Birmingham. Think, think of all the possibilities here. Birmingham. UAB could be really a top-flight football program for years to come in Conference USA, they would have the facility. They would actually have a, they seem to have a fan base now that's re-energized. It's amazing. You lose football, look what happens. And so now they're putting together all of these programs and they're trying to 
raised the profile of the football program. They they took the field in 2017, did, I think, an outstanding job of refielding a football team after they had to shut down the program. And now they've got a lot of people who are, are behind putting together this. Um, you're trying to get a facility that's going to be worthy of a Division One football team, and at the same time, uh, you're going to have a facility that's going to let you compete. N- not just, hey, we've got a place to play. We've got actually got a place where we can compete. And you, if you look at UAB as a place to come play football, you're going to find that everything you have here matches everything else. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to put together a, a, a top-notch facility. Now, the financing for this project is going to come from Bonds and bank loans. Um, they're seeking right now four million annually from private corporate sources and the university. UAB's portion, including the rental fee and the proposed marketing agreement, is going to be maybe about half a million. Uh, approximately one hundred and fifty thousand will be from the rent and three hundred and fifty thousand from marketing and some naming opportunities in the complex as well. The second memorandum, which the board authorized but has yet to be drafted, would outline the terms of an agreement for UAB or its affiliated entities to provide 350000 for the marketing opportunities at the stadium complex. And that's where a lot of these dollars are going to come from now. Stadium marketing. You need to see more of this. You're, if you want to keep up, you're going to have to find new ways to make dollars. That's it. That's right there in a nutshell. You're going to have to find new ways to make dollars. And so you're going to see stadiums that are built that are going to accommodate that. You're going to see. Why do you think Marshall has skyboxes? To make dollars. If they could put more on there, they would. Why? They make dollars. And you need dollars, especially since not necessarily ticket sales are going to save the day. Now, I'm sure ticket sales have been pretty good for Marshall. There seems to be excitement for it, the program right now. They're, they're trying to put together some different amenities and make sure that ticket sales are up because more fans in the stands mean more money for the program, more revenue means they can take care and do more things. And, of course, they're starting to work towards making more fan-friendly features in that stadium. They opened up the beer sales. They are now trying to find new revenue sources. And, of course, Signage and all of that does play a factor in all of this. Um, so the proposal here for UAB, you've got a, a stadium that is going to hopefully field 45,000 seats, and they can expand it a little bit more if they need to. They're going to host here. Here's the deal also. Um, they really, really thought this out here. Um, they're going to host six to ten home games. That's their deal. And other football-related events. Any postseason games UAB host or the Conference USA Championship will be at the stadium. Um, they're going to have um, – they've gone really detailed here. The football program will have 20 complimentary practice days each year on any day another event is not already scheduled and exclusive use of the UAB locker room at the complex. Now – it's a little different than, say, the university. This is our stadium. There's a public and private handshake going on here. And this is interesting to me because uh, unless um, otherwise uh, noted, a baseball facility, unless the city and the university can't get to get 
university goes out on their own, and, and I have heard rumor of that too, is this is how this works now. It's for programs like this. You're going to have to partner up with somebody to make this thing work. But still, you've got the community looking to actually put together some sort of package here that's going to give these entities what they all want. What they want. 304-399-8255. That's our local number. Toll free is 877-420-8255. Hey, get to go to a new stadium. Wouldn't that be cool? They get this thing built. Get to see a new stadium in Conference USA. It doesn't happen every day. And, of course, you look at what other schools are doing as far as renovating and making their stadiums last for years longer, and you start thinking, hmm, when we're going to see Marshall turn their attention to major, major renovations at the stadium? What could they do? What could they do to enhance Jones C. Edwards Stadium? What would you like them to do? That's probably the bigger question. What would you like to see Marshall be able to do? Now, of course, this costs money. Where that's coming from, I'm not the fundraiser. But what would you like to see done? Would you like better concessions? Would you like better amenities? Close the concourse in, do more things there. I mean, they're 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 working they're they're working as much as they can. They've got the the new point of sale for Marshall merchandise. They've got the alcohol now, with their beer garden or whatever you want to call it. So, what would you like to see done? Chew on that. We'll take your phone calls when we continue. Coming to you live from the Union Pub and Grill. It's the Drive here on ESPN ninety four point one FM and AM nine thirty. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Coming to you live from the Union Pub and Grill is our Monday destination. $1.50 bottles, $2 call shots, best service in town. It's always here at the Union Pub and Grill. And, of course, we're going to be here every Monday from now until the start of football season, and we'll be here too as well. Yes, my friends, this is the beginning of the drought that we have. The NBA Finals are over. We're not going to speculate where LeBron's going. That's going to be my game anyway. We've got the NHL, which ended. You've got the Washington Capitals winning their first Stanley Cup. And now we sit and wait just for everything else to fall back into place. I'm not saying let's rush football here real soon, but this is that time where you hope, you know, it would have been great to see a few more games in the NBA Finals. It would have been really fun to see a couple more Stanley Cups. But instead, no, we're going to debate why I think a football game at Wrigley Field, while interesting, I don't know. I don't know. Do you – I guess Big Ten teams be okay with it, but do you want to go to Wrigley Field for a football game? I mean, you're a Cubs fan. I want to hear this. If you want to go see a football game, do you want to see your beloved Wrigley Field turned into – a football stadium for a bowl game. Now, it used to be this way. These things used to happen. You had multi-purpose facilities, even the old places back in the day. You, you would do these things, so it's not unheard of. But still, I think when I hear, hey, there's a bowl game, where's the team going? Is it somewhere warm? No, they're going north. That's another thing why there's too many bowl games. We're going north instead of south. Why do you go north where it's cold? 
hey, here's your reward to play another cold football game. Instead of going somewhere south, nice and warm, you've got an opportunity to go to the beach, somewhere where it's nice, easy to travel to. Of course, you know, if you're in a big city country, Wrigley's going to be easy to travel to. I get that. So again, this isn't a, don't tell me this is about the reward here. Making some kid play a football game at Wrigley Field in the dead of winter where it could be nasty, cold, and miserable, and you're telling me this is a reward for the kid. Okay, I'm not going to buy that argument. You're going to take him down to Myrtle Beach? Yeah, that's a reward. Hey, if I get to choose, where do I want to go? Do I want to go for a football game? Do I want to play in Wrigley or do I want to play in Myrtle Beach? Now, of course, I'm an NFL fan. I have sat in the cold many years to go watch Bengals games. But I'm not convincing myself here that this is a reward. It's, okay, this is the condition I have to endure if I want to watch this game. They can't move the stadium. This franchise is here in Cincinnati, so they have to play here. They can't move the game to Myrtle Beach for my benefit. I get that. Okay, so I'll deal with that. But still, with the increasing of bowls here, you could have a mid-major game in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. If you're going to add one, that makes sense. But if you're going to tell me that adding a bowl game in Chicago at Wrigley Field, and that's going to be a big draw between the ACC and Big Ten, okay, you you are not selling yourself on really this being a major reward for anybody. This is a television opportunity. And unfortunately, we're going to see the cap raised in 2020. There are going to be more teams. And again, you're going to have 84 of 130 Division I teams, FBS teams, making bowls. And if you are not in that number, you are having a bad day. Why are we kidding ourselves? Let's just have a gigantic playoff. We, we seed, seed them 1 through 30. Let's just have we could do that. If you, you want to do this, everybody wants to play a football game, let's just do this. Let's have a, I've seen this before. Let's just have one massive playoff. And, of course, there will be a lot of people who say, look, you're, you're, you're telling me that you don't want to see a kid go play in a bowl game, maybe his final football game. Sure, they've got a 5-7 and seven record, and you're telling me that it's bad that this kid doesn't get to play. No, I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you that the Bulls have been devalued to the point where now a team with a 5-7 and seven record, a mediocre team, we are making the argument that you're a bad man because you don't want to see a kid and a 5-7 and seven team get rewarded. He gets a swag bag. He gets to go somewhere nice unless he's going to Chicago in the cold. Now, Chicago's a nice place, but you're telling me that, okay, here's a reward, going to play in the cold in Chicago. No. You're going to play in Myrtle Beach. That's another thing. But that's the argument. You're, you're a bad person because you have deemed that this kid on this mediocre team should be denied the opportunity. I say that here's the deal. It gives these kids something to shoot for. It gives them a goal. Plain and simple. It gives them a goal. Let's, let's not kid ourselves here. If we just call these things what they are. They're television opportunities. And these conferences are grabbing as many of these opportunities as they can because they get a little extra publicity. They get a, a few more weeks to work out with their kids. They're total benefits, and I totally get that. But still, these are opportunities to fill programming, mostly on ESPN. 
and we're looking at games that look at the stadiums. Where's the demand? How many of these bowl games are going to be sold out? What's the demand here on location? Are you going to see a sold-out Wrigley Field? Maybe in Big Ten country? Probably. Are you going to see a sold-out game in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina between maybe a Conference USA and a Sunbelt team? No, you're not. That's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate everyone here at the Union Pub and Grill taking good care of us. We'll be back tomorrow. Do it all over again here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I want to thank our producer, Gabriel Sellers, tonight taking good care of us, getting us on the air. That's going to do it, but don't forget the Monday night special continues. $1.50 bottles and $2 call shots all day, all night here at the Union Pub and Grill. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Good night, everyone. Station.